You've tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. This podcast has been brought to you by Cuts by Candice. Candice Giss is a hairstylist that listens to your needs and will work with you to get the right look for you. With 18 years of experience, Candice is the premier stylist that I trust with my look. And right now, if you mention this ad when you make an appointment from now until the end of February 2019 and give our promo code GEEKOUT, you will get 10% off your hair services. Follow Cuts by Candice on Facebook and Cuts underscore Candice on Instagram and start looking the best you, you can. Hey everyone, today's interview is Jared Hillsbury. I met him at my work, but he has a very interesting hobby. It is LARPing. That's right. Here in the Desert Southwest region, him and his troop, Westwatch, practice every Sunday, put on shows intermittently, and you can check out all kinds of video and photograph photographs of those events on their Facebook page, Westwatch. Uh, listen to him talk about all the intricacies that go into making um, outfits, costumes, um, practicing, training, just to have such a you know interactive play. Um, I've always been a fan of D and D and role playing games like like that, but taking it to this next level is something that I've always wanted to try. Um, it was interesting to hear him talk about it. It was great to to hear about the stories that he has from the different events that he's gone to. So if it's something that you're interested in, you should definitely give it a listen to and uh, give them a, a like on Facebook. And speaking of Facebook, we are Geek Elite Media now, so all of our social media handles can be found under the tag Geek Elite Media. And myself, under Twitter, is Mitchipedia G-E-M. Thanks. Hey, Mitch! Jared, dude, I just want to say thank you for coming and joining me on my podcast. Uh, what you do is very exciting to me. Something I've always wanted to do. So, tell me a little bit about your LARPing experience. Alrighty, so, currently I'm into a form of LARPing called Belly Garth, which is a much more high physical contact, a little bit less of the LARPing aspect to it, Okay. and more of a sports style. So, a lot of physical contact, you know, you're still hitting each other with foam weapons, Arrows, javelins, pretty much anything you can imagine, there's some way to make it. And there's pretty strict guidelines, but they're really easy to follow and pretty simple once you read them. So it's a lot more competitive than like what most people have saw in, in role models? Yeah, say. role models, the closest thing to that would be called Amp Guard. Okay. Uh, still full contact and everything, however, but there's also like magic, uh, like kill spells, healing, resurrecting, pretty much any kind of magic you can imagine, as well as combat itself. But it tends to be a little bit less physical as compared to something like uh, Belagarth. Okay. So, how long does, a, I, I guess, a session or a match about? Well, an individual fight can take anywhere from 5 seconds to 15 minutes, mm -hmm. just depending on the two fighters' skill levels. Uh, most places here, especially here in the Kingdom of Arizona, uh, we hold practices about 3 to 4 hours, kind of just depending on how many people are there, how hot it is outside, or all those kind of things. Uh, but large events will last one day to a week. So is it is it like straight on Battle of the Bastards kind of like a event? Or are we talking about more like uh, it's camping and then like for an hour you guys go and beat the crap out of each other? Uh, it's a little bit of a mix of both. It'd be camping. It's kind of a, you know, you go there the first day, you set up your camp, you usually dinner. There might be a couple of fights that day, but that's mainly an arrival type day. Mm -hmm. uh, the second day... Uh, it's typically when all the big fights start. So you wake up, typically have breakfast or something along those lines. Uh, and then the, there's usually field fighting for about three, four hours. And then they'll usually break for lunch. Some people still keep fighting. You know, it's it's really up to what you make of it. So I'll usually break for lunch. And then after that, I'll go fighting again for another four or five hours. Wow. And we'll rinse and repeat that until usually, typically the last day is Sunday. And that's usually a wake up day, pack all your stuff up, go home. Now, where does this take place? Uh, here in Yuma, we do it over at Smarkers Park. Okay. 
um, over on the north side of it, down by the dirt parking lot. Okay. Uh, but it's it's all over the world, or mainly the U.S. I mean, LARPing's all over the world, but every place has kind of its own name for it. Like here on the west side of the Mississippi River, we call it Bellagarth. On the east side of the Mississippi, it's called uh, Dagahir. They're practically the same thing. Rules are almost completely the same. They just have different names for it from, I guess, some breakup there was like 20, 30 years ago. Oh, wow. So, it's like a Tupac Biggie type thing, you know. It's... So is there a, a big, uh, like, annual thing that, like, as many people as you can get together kind of thing, like some in one place? Yeah, uh, the biggest one for the West Coast, at least, is called Battle for the Ring. They do a different theme every year. This year, I want to say it's Zelda-themed. Wow. Um, they kind of put their own spin on the things. Last year was Lord of the Rings. Um, but this year, they're expecting about at least 1,000 people in total. And we're guesstimating about seven, 800 of those are fighters. The rest are going to be like vendors, crafters, mm. people just there to hang out and have fun. And that'll be January 17th to the 20th, which is that Martin, Le- Martin Luther King Jr. weekend. Mm-hmm. So most people have that following Monday off. And where's that at? Uh, I want to say it's in Chiquino Park, uh, south side of LA, I believe. Oh. Uh, on Facebook, if you just Google Battle for the Ring, it should pop up as a, it's a pretty big event page. And it'll have the directions and information and everything like that. But as for locally, you said you, you, did, you, said you do it down at Smucker's Park? Yeah. How often does that happen? We do it Sundays at 4 p.m. Every Sunday? Almost every Sunday, unless, you know, some, some big event or something like, or if we're gone for the weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, the group here in Yuma, we also have our own uh, Facebook page called Westwatch. Westwatch. Yep. And uh, there we'll post, you know, if we're canceling practice or like, hey, everybody's going to be gone this weekend. Don't now, show up. Now, is that, a, is that a page or is it a closed group? It's a page. It's a page? So yeah. anybody can go and check it out. Yes. So at, at, for spectator, do you, do, you, do you welcome spectators or is it more try and get everybody to join in and participate? Oh, we, we welcome whoever. I mean, we'll try to encourage spectators to play, but uh-huh. if they don't want to play, they're more than welcome to sit there and watch. We even had the local city police come out and just watch us for about an hour. <laughs> then they just break, take out the baton and they're like, oh, you know, I could probably do something. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess was they got a call because they got out of there with a the quickness. <laughs> oh, that makes sense too. They're like, there's people beating the crap out of each other over there with foam <laughs> yeah. weapons. But what do you use? What weapon do you, do you have one that you particularly like to use? I primarily do archery. Really? I do. It, I mean... Not to say anything, but looking at you, it's more of a yeah, being swinging a up. Though, six foot two forty. You don't yeah. expect me to be an archer. No, it's more of a. I was the battle axe or something. Yeah, I'm actually moving into uh, dueling axes here shortly once my order comes in. Nice. Um, nice thing is about the sport too. I mean, you can get a weapon for twenty to forty bucks, or you can be like myself and get something like that's really well crafted and just looks nice. That's costing over a hundred dollars. It's really it's a sport that you you know it's what you make of it. So. Compared to a non, uh, a, a, a regular bow, I what's the how how does it compare in, in using uh, one that's been retrofitted to be non-lethal? So it's an actual regular bow. Okay. It's just they have a cap on thirty-five pounds. Oh. And there's there you know a lot of places are extremely strict on it, especially here in Yuma. You know we try to update you know keep as strict as the rules. So if you fight here and you go to a big event with us, you can expect the same thing type deal. Mm-hmm. So it's thirty-five pounds, absolute max. Uh, the only differences are the arrows. The shafts and the quills on the end of the arrow are actually the same. The only difference is the head. Instead of uh, Obviously, instead of a bladed tip, uh, essentially it's a penny or something like that taped onto the end of the arrow where the uh, bladed point would be. Like, like U.S. currency penny? Yes. Oh, okay. And then uh, you have hardcore foam around it on the front end and then on top of that softcore foam. Okay. And then essentially it's like taped up and fabric over it, fabric of your choosing, you know, a lot of people style it all out and all that kind of stuff. So it matches, say, your clan or something like that? Or essentially, your, yeah. your armor? Uh, so compensating for the weight on the end of the arrow, how, how difficult is that to learn if you already know how to use a bow? Uh, it's pretty good. If you already know how to do archery, it's pretty quick to pick up on. It's just a totally different flight pattern, mm. which is something you have to adapt to. Mainly, it just drops a lot faster. And are you uh, an archer in your regular life? Do you do you do bow hunting? Do you? Uh, no, I did a lot of archery when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Uh, mainly for like summer camps and all that kind of stuff. Um, but no, I've never been like bow hunting or anything like that. So I guess that in talking about younger than that, what was it that got you into this? 
Or wh- how long ago was it that you got into it? Uh, I've been LARPing for, I want to say, close to two years, if not over two years by now. Okay. Um, I've done both Ampgard and Belagarth, and I, I do both because I have a lot of close friends that do both as well. Um, but the thing that got me into it is someone was like, hey, you just want to go fight people? <laughs> so I was like, what? And they're like, yeah, with like foam weapons. I'm like, so like LARPing? They're like, yeah, whatever, I'm down. <laughs> I'll go try it out. And you just joined up, or you like? Do you, did you? Do you have to like prove that you had some type of skill or anything? Or nope, you just you know say just pretty much. Uh, person I went with, like, hey, he wants to play too, and they're like, all right, here's a lo- or a loner weapon. So I was like, all right, pick it up, and started fighting people. What was your loner weapon? Was uh, it, it was a sword. It was a sword. It was a basic run in the mill. <laughs> That's usually how it goes. So what? What kind of? Uh, what kind of? similar interest did you have before this like did you were you a competitive uh, athlete in high school college did you uh read comic books did you play D? Uh, i've been playing sports my entire life okay. and then also D, playing D video games essentially you know the basic to the ner- uh, nerd culture <laughs> uh read you know some comic books but primarily it was as the uh it was a sports aspect more to it what drew me the mm-hmm. adrenaline rush do you do any specific type of workout or calisthenics to prepare yourself to, I mean, do you wear armor? Do you? Um, on a normal week, weekend practice, so like on a normal Sunday, uh, I don't typically bring, I'll usually bring my leather helmet. Uh, that way I can protect my glasses. So if I get hit in the head, which is one of the rules, like in melee combat, you cannot hit people in the head, but it does happen. You well, know, yeah. Accidents happen. Yeah. So I have a helmet to protect my glasses primarily. So I'll bring that and usually my lacrosse, lacrosse gloves. So that way I don't like bust a knuckle or anything like that. Mm. But when we go to our big events, especially coming up like January, if we go to Phoenix for a field fight with the rest of the kingdom, uh, I'll usually bring out my full suit of leather armor. And it's uh, with the, with Velagarth, it's actually pretty strict. You have to use, I want to say it's 15 ounce leather. So it's a good like quarter inch thick. So especially here in Arizona during the summer, it gets heavy really quick. Mm. I would imagine, yeah, that's a... Uh be pretty so what's i mean for officials wise like i mean how is that someone that's been doing it for a while and they're kind of checking over your equipment i mean is it is it is it more of an honor base that someone uh is out when they get quote unquote killed or whatever or is it more you just keep going it, it's completely honor based uh okay. essentially you know if you hit in the arm you lose the arm if you get hit in the leg you lose a leg you get hit in your torso your back you're dead mm-hmm. i mean there's other rules like armor and all that kind of stuff but uh, it's completely armor-based. Um, for weapon checks and stuff like that at events, they have people designated that do it. Most of them have been in the sport for at least a couple of years, and they know the rulebook pretty well. Mm-hmm. So you know, before the event, you have to get all your weapons checked. You have to get your armor checked, all this kind of stuff, because the number one rule is safety. Right. You know, We don't want somebody to shut down the sport because somebody brought a bad weapon. <laughs> What's, so what are the regulations for weapons? Uh, it really depends on what kind of weapon. A lot of things are like uh, the instruments, uh, how thick the foam is, like X amount of inches for that, or the uh, striking surfaces. Then you got for the handle, then the hilt for like a sword. And every weapon, it kind of changes. Like for arrows, they can't fit through a hole that's two and a half inches for the where the actual arrowhead is. Okay. So it's, it's a lot of little rules, but they're all pretty simple. And there's a ton of people in the sport that are more than willing to help a new person out learn them and make their own weapons. Uh, money wise, is it is it a, an expensive endeavor? Do you like you said you can do a basic weapon or you can go all out? Yeah, it's really what you want to make of it. Uh, there's a lot of like premier weaponsmiths and stuff like that. Uh, like Gorg is a huge one, probably the biggest one in the sport, and you can get one of his swords for sixty dollars. But you can also grab, you know, probably ask somebody at a local park to make you one for like twenty, thirty dollars. Mm-hmm. It's not gonna be the best weapon ever, but it works. You know, it's really what you want to make of it. And then you can look at shields. You know, you can get a a uh, cheap, easy foam shield for another $15, dollars $35, or you can get a really nice one that's, you know, like $200 that's plastic dip, and it's going to last you forever. <laughs> Was there, is there been a, well, what has been the biggest surprise since joining up with this uh, sport that you've come across for yourself? Biggest surprise for me would probably have to be just the sheer number of people that do it, and the sheer amount of uh, parks there are across the u.s i mean if you're in i mean small town yuma has one mm-hmm. we have at least three forms of larping i believe and then i mean you go up to parker they have it you know of wow. course it's all over phoenix tucson you know even small towns will usually have at least a handful of people that do it mm. 
It's and in just all all kind of walks of life, or is it? I mean, kind of the same kind of people over and over. Oh, it's crazy. I mean, you'll have your typical neck beard, and then on top <laughs> of that, and then you know, standing right next to him in a shield wall line will be you know an ex marine who's you know CrossFit to the max and stuff like that. It's one of those just it reaches all spectrums. Mm-hmm. Uh, plenty of women playing the sport. It's all ages. Uh, the youngest age you could be is sixteen. For liability issues, right? Well, do do under under sixteen? Do they have their own battles or anything, or is it just no one under sixteen? No one under sixteen. I mean, th- there are, but it's usually like somebody's younger brother or a child who right. came with them, and they'll usually like go fight with people, but they won't be able to partake in like actual event battles, and right? Stuff. And someone's probably watching them and stuff like that. Exactly. Whoever brought them. A lot of the times, especially at like one day events, they'll have like little uh, little side thing for children for people who need to bring their kids and stuff like that. And do you do you personally have a, a like? Do you have like a character that you embody when you're when you're doing this, or is it more just <laughs> I'm Jared, I'm here, and I'm kicking ass. I, I do and I don't. I, I took the name uh, Princess Bubbles Blossom. Okay, as a joke from one of my buddies. Because <laughs> I asked them, "What's the most uh, unmasculine thing you think of?" And they're like, "That." So I was like, "All right, I'll take that then." So majority of people just go call me Bubbles. Okay. You know, um, we don't do like uh, medieval voice or anything like that. Like. At least in Bella Garth itself, it's pretty uncommon. That's typically more for like the Renaissance fair and stuff, mm-hmm. which a lot of a lot of the people who do, will they'll do both. There's a lot of crossover. Yeah, but mainly at Bella Garth events, it's all about the fight. Mm-hmm. Nobody really. I mean, a lot of people want historical accuracy and stuff, but it's not a mandatory. Mm. Um, but some people do love it, and it's really what you make of it. Like a lot of the, t- there's a good number of top tier fighters who. They'll come out in a baggy shirt and gym shorts and just destroy everybody. And then <laughs> at the same time, you'll have some guy in the coolest looking armor do the same thing. Now, does that make a difference if you're wearing armor or uh, uh, t-shirts and in, 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 uh, gym shorts, uh, as as in getting touched by or hit by a weapon? It kind of armor. You know, you have your armor points. So you know, if I'm wearing like a chest piece and you uh-huh. hit me with a sword, it doesn't do anything. Okay. Uh, but then there's also stuff, you know, like arrows and spears, like arrows penetrate through armor, spears with two hands on the shaft will break through armor in the red weapons, which are going to be like your great axes, your great sword, stuff like that. They'll break through the armor, stuff like that. Um, also with the sport, it's a lot more physical contact. So you also got people shield checking, tackling, uh, pretty much just don't punch or kick somebody and you're pretty much good. That's what I was going to say. Can it go, can it go into a... A ground and pound situation. I mean, obviously, you know, you don't want to actually hurt the other person, but tackling how how does that work? Yeah, it's biggest rule is don't hurt somebody. So you can't blindside tackle somebody. Uh-huh. So a common thing somebody will do is when they're charging somebody, they'll yell. So then they look and go, ah, now he's now I'm looking at him. He's looking at me. Let me see he can tackle me. <laughs> um, and you can't quite do like a judo toss, but you can take people to the ground. You just have to go down with them. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people just run up and just bear hug people from the back. Especially if they're in like heavy armor and like a tower shield or something like that, just to be able to get around their defenses. And then what's the, so? What's the protocol then when someone bear hugs you and grabs you from behind? Is like, are you out? Are you, are you captive? To, or you try to break free? Okay. Like there's no, you're instantly dead or anything like that. It's you. You have full capability to try to break yourself out, but at the same time, you know, you don't want to be like elbowing them in the rib cage or something like that. Very cool. So you. I think you've mentioned two events. So there's there's the one that's in L.A., the Battle for the Ring, and then there's the one in Phoenix. It's also in January? Uh, it's not also in January. I don't know its uh, exact weekend. Oh, okay. Because uh, I think they might be skipping this field battle because of the one in L.A. That makes sense. Uh, a lot of people in Phoenix will be going there as well. Right. Uh, but their page is called Fugal Brianna. Fuel of Brianna. Fugal Brianna. It's, Fugal, uh, okay. F-U-G-L-B-R-E-N-N-E-A, I believe. And that is, like, the main park in Phoenix, which we all kind of fight under slash with. Because in Belgoth, there is no, like, real thing as kingdoms and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. We just kind of do it for Arizona because we all try to fight together at these big events. And we camp together and we party together and all that kind of stuff. And the, the, the camping aspect of it, as a group, if you say you're in Anaheim or L.A. and you're doing the Battle for the Ring, is it is it... Straight up like uh, like modern day camping, or is it more closer to historical camping, or is it is that off off limits? You can do whatever you need to do. Oh, it's modern day camping. Okay, I mean there's I mean there's coolers, there's everything in my grills. I mean, <laughs> you're not hunting down exactly. indigenous animals <laughs> yeah. to put it over a fire yeah. or anything. Yeah, it's all and there's cooling. A lot of vendors will let you prepay for food. Like this event I went to in Idaho a few months ago. 
Uh, I think it was like $80, but it fed me for five days, three meals a day. And so I would just walk up, order what I wanted, go eat. Didn't have to worry about anything. That's awesome. So a lot of times some vendors will do that, some don't. But there's food vendors. It's usually like a food truck or two. Um, a lot of people bring their own food, barbecue. And usually when there's large camp groups together, it'll just be this massive circle of tents. And so they'll bring like their own picnic tables and pop them in the middle and just kind of like a a little uh, social area. Mm. So uh, if you did one a couple months ago in Idaho, I would assume that wasn't it wasn't too cold yet. But do they does anybody try and make ones that are kind of themed for that? Like say if you did you did one in Minnesota in the middle of January and it's kind of a, a ice theme or a snow theme or something like that. Do they do things like that? Or if you did one in Yuma in the middle of August, yeah. like <laughs> people come out here in fucking heat and try and survive that. Yeah, they they do themes like uh, one somewhere in the Midwest did kind of like a North of the Wall from Game of Thrones type thing. Wow, uh, it's really up to the event coordinators what they want to do with it. The old the people who overall see the sport itself, they don't really re- put that many restrictions on events. It's more of a hey, whatever you guys want to do, it's your thing. You know, just follow our rules and we don't care. Mm. So, when uh, traveling. How do you get your, your weapon from place to place? Um, Idaho, did you just Idaho. mail it to you? Or did you pick it up there? Uh, we uh, Probably been easier. We uh, There was five of us from here in Yuma. And so we rented a minivan. Oh, wow. And, uh, we stuffed all five of us in all of our gear and our camping equipment. And <laughs> drove to Idaho 14 hours straight. It was it was an experience. 14 hours? <laughs> that doesn't seem, doesn't seem that bad. I, I, I think I remember going to... San Francisco once it took like sixteen hours to drive from here. Ugh. So I know it must have been a must must have been. I wasn't you. You weren't doing California traffic, I assume. No, yeah, it was just <laughs> straight highway driving pretty much the whole way. Luckily, you know, going through Idaho and stuff, there just there wasn't a whole lot of traffic, uh, except from like when we were in like Salt Lake City and stuff like that. But other than that, it was it was pretty easy driving. It, it was just a long drive, and it was and you guys just did it straight. You didn't you didn't yep. stop at night for anything, so. Uh, when you got, you just went straight to the to the park ground or whatever, and and camped out there. Yeah, pretty much. We got off. We all got off work Wednesday, and then we drove straight. Left Yuma. I want to say about six or seven, eight p.m. or something around there. Probably about four or five would be closer. And we just drove straight there. We got there Friday morning at like six a.m. or something like that, and pretty much set up our campground. And then try to catch like an hour of sleep, but by the time we got done, breakfast was already being served and stuff. So we just went to A and we just didn't sleep. <laughs> I bet that made for a good fight. <laughs> oh yeah, we were. I imagine the adrenaline just took over though. At a point it does, but yeah. once you get off that adrenaline rush, oh, you just yeah. you're ready like, to crash. I remember we were watching some people fighting because we were just wiped, and I just remember waking up like two hours later. <laughs> and they're like, hey, dude, the archery tournament's starting. You gonna go do it? And I'm like, oh man, I don't have any sleep. <laughs> So I mean, for doing it for two years, what's let, let me hear a, a great story? You have a, a cool battle poem. Oh uh, <laughs> uh, no, uh, battle chants aren't really a big thing. Like some do. Like there's a really large group called Horde. Okay. Where like their only rule to join is you have to your persona. I guess you can say is you have to be non-human. So you know, goblin, orc, whatever you want it to be, doesn't matter. They don't care as long as you're not human. Mm-hmm. A lot of them go over the top. You know, like they'll paint themselves green and do all this kind of crazy stuff. Uh, those guys are always fun to fight against. Uh, a personal favorite story would probably be up in Phoenix. We were doing a kind of capture the point type deal with three points and three teams. Okay. And I just remember uh, a guy with a sword and shield just running straight at me. Sees I have a bow, tries to jump and cover himself. And as he's jumping through the air, I shot him in the face. <laughs> he lands, looks at me, and just goes, hey, nice shot, and then takes <laughs> off. And I'm just standing there. Uh, okay, thanks. Uh, all right. He takes off as in he, uh, he uh, got off the field, or yeah, he, he got up, ran off, got off the field, got back to his respawning area. Oh, so you have a respawn area? You can you can respawn after depending on the the event. Oh, okay. It all depends on what the. I mean, there there's really no rule for like oh they're you know there's unless no they make umbrella it. rule. It's just whatever right. individual person uh, individual event coordinator wants to do. Exactly. So I mean, a lot of times we'll have like a capture the flag game with responding or no responding, or we'll have like a siege the castle type deal where we'll have like cones and ropes set up for certain areas. They'll be just straight up team deathmatch, you know. No, no reviving last team, last man standing. That team wins. That team wins. So, what, what's your favorite game uh, that you played? Oh, uh, 
typically pretty much any objective game I have a lot more fun with. Um, the most, I'd probably have to say like uh, any kind of like Castle Siege style. Granted, being an archer, it's kind of nice being able to sit back and just <laughs> just draw people off of like the bridge or something, and they can't do anything about it. <laughs> and uh, how how I mean, if you need to toot your own horn, go right about. It, but how how good are you with your your bow? Uh, I feel like I'm I'm pretty good. Yeah. Um. I don't I don't know if I'm be fair to say I'm the best or anything like that, but um, I'm definitely a huge target, at least here in Arizona. Oh. I haven't traveled too much out of Arizona yet for the for these events yet, so I'm not really like well known or pop, you know, or anything like that. But there's a few people up in like especially in Phoenix and of course here locally that like they see me on the field and they just go for me. That's got to feel pretty good. It does. It's kind of mad at you know. It gets you mad at first. He's like, "Oh man, I wanted to play." But then you think about it. Oh man, big, you take out the biggest threat first. All right, I'll take it as a compliment. <laughs> well, you just gotta start wearing a mask. That way, you know. Uh, I guess much. that doesn't work either. It's more of in real life kind of thing. I don't know. Yeah. Well, some helmets like uh, mine, you can't see my face. No. Um. Uh, granted, all the all of the guys here in Yuma know my armor. So right. They, they see it. They'll know it. But big events. The cool thing about the sport, too, is if you come with, like, a unit or, like, with your realm and you're trying to fit, fight together, the event coordinators, they do their best to let you fight together. Yeah. So that way you're not, you know. Right. Oh, uh, I came up here with so X amount of my buddies, and we never got to fight together once. No. So. So, okay, that was your, your best story or one of your favorite stories. Let's hear let's hear a horror story. Let's. Uh, I remember it was a, actually a day fight here in Yuma. And there was this guy, I mean, he had to be like 480, 6'5", just huge. Wow, that's a big man. And we're doing a castle siege, and, you know, he's just standing in front of the gate, and we have to go through him. So me and another guy at the same time, and the other guy's about 6'2", about 240 as well, so two pretty big guys. <laughs> we both just run into him and just bounce right off of him. Wow. It was probably one of the most, like, demasculating things. <laughs> we just kind of got up and shrugged our shoulders. We're like, yeah, you win. We're done. We're done. <laughs> Uh, but no, no broken bones, no... Uh, luckily, no. None, at least for myself. Um, there are some injuries, you know, yeah, maybe like... Uh, accidents will happen. Exactly. Uh, but nothing crazy for myself. I mean, the occasional nut shot does happen, which I highly <laughs> recommend getting a jock strap or something. Yeah, I would, I would assume you'd want, a, you know, protective support down there. Yeah, I have been speared in the groin once, and oh. that, 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 was, that was the end of the day for me. Be like fanboys and lose a testicle in a terrible light lightsaber accident. <laughs> I don't know if you watch that movie or not, but <laughs> I haven't seen the whole movie. But I've seen that. Scene. Yeah. Uh, okay, movie wise, are you into all the Lord of the Rings? You know, oh, without a doubt, Especially Game of, of Thrones of stuff. I've even read the Similarians for the Lord of the Rings. I'm huge into that lore. Oh wow! Do you try and emulate any of that, or not necessarily on the because field. it's more it's more reality based than what you guys do. Yeah, it's it's. I just try to let myself have fun with the fight itself. Mm. But okay, so but but what 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 movies do you get into? Um, anything medieval, really. Yeah. Uh, any of the Robin Hoods, I don't care. They're so all good. Did you watch the most recent one? I haven't been able to see the most recent one. Yet. <laughs> I'm really upset. I haven't yet. I mean. So, you know, Hollywood, one of the things, they, they always do a Robin Hood, a King Arthur movie, something yeah. like that, because it's all public domain. You can make that without having to pay anybody anything. Yep. Um, and because someone had asked me this, I was like, why are they making another Robin Hood movie? We just had the Russell Crowe run, you know, that wasn't that great. And before that, I was like, because it's free. But I went and saw the movie. It's not as bad as everybody's making it out to be. Is it great? No. I also... Th- don't understand the wardrobe, like the wardrobe they decided to go with. Maybe I'm look. I'm thinking like I need to see the Kevin Costner looking wardrobe and stuff like that. Yeah. You know that that one, but it's just like it's all modern day looking wardrobe and stuff. So it's just it kept throwing taking me out of the movie. That is that is pretty weird. Yeah, that is, to have modern day clothing in it. But I don't know. I'm just a huge fan of medieval lore, so stuff like that, and or Roman time, like uh, Gladiator, mm-hmm. stuff like that. I don't care what anybody says; those are the best movies. They're they're, they're great movies, and Gladiator, you know, Academy Award winning oh, for yeah. a reason. So, yeah. um, TV wise, watching Game of Thrones every every Sunday when it's on. Oh, or? without a doubt. Yeah, uh, and I'm counting down until like, the new season drops. <laughs> we finally at least got a month, April. Yep, April. So, well, for now. Yeah, yeah, for now. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see what happens. Well, who who are you expecting to end up on the Iron Throne? Uh, I I think it's gonna be Daenerys. Yeah, I think it's gonna be Daenerys and John. Oh, but primarily Daenerys. Do they do they learn about their their relationship before? 
before I, that I, happens. I hope so, and I don't at the same time. Because <laughs> if they don't, it's just going to make great moments happen. <laughs> Did you Have you read those books? Have you read the, the, the Song of Fire and Ice? I have not yet, no. Okay. What other books have you read? I mean, like you said, you read the Salimary? Salimary? Yep, that word. Yep, that one. <laughs> uh, I've, I've read Most of the Rings, you know, of course, you know, The Hobbit, the, the trilogy, uh, The Children of Hearn. Uh, the next one is going to be the short stories I want to get into. I'm trying to get that as a Christmas gift this year. Mm. Um, before that, it's been a while. You know, I mean, I've read a, the normal, you know, the Harry Potter series. I mean, who didn't read that in like junior high or high school? Mm-hmm. So I've read a lot of the mainstream books. I haven't like really, I'm not a huge, huge reader. Yeah. Unless it's like, either uh, am I. Yeah, kind of like um, webtoon style type stuff or like uh, some mangas I'll read, if, especially with downtime. What are, you, uh, are, you, are you reading any mangas now? Uh, right now I'm reading Goblin Slayer. So I don't, I don't follow manga or anime too much, but uh, I think I've seen like memes of the Goblin yeah, Slayer a lot. It's, okay. It's dark. It is. <laughs> really dark i'm surprised i got away with some of the stuff they did <laughs> uh do you see that one being adapted into live action because i feel like mangas and animes are the next thing that's getting adapted over and i mean obviously we just we saw death note and uh full metal alchemist recently uh goblin slayer will probably never hit live action movie just no because i mean it's it's beyond it's brutal <laughs> uh but there is an anime for it and that's where i got started i saw the first couple episodes I was like oh, i might as well read it see if there's any difference um, there might be a movie for it later on, but it just got started, so it'd be, I'd be surprised if anything came out within the next couple of years. How do you how, how do you feel about some of the live action ones that they got coming out? I just don't watch them. You just don't watch them. I don't watch them because I don't want to like ruin it for myself. <laughs> I, I've heard nothing but bad things, so I just stay away. Um, what other movies are you into? Uh, another really good show. Or was, shows? Uh, there you go. Sword Art Online. I mean, it's a pretty, okay. pretty mainstream one, but I've been trying to keep up with the new season and everything. I really, and the movie was phenomenal. Was it an animated movie? It was. Okay. Yeah, it was like the top, number six or seventh for most grossing film in Japan in 2017. Wow. It, it, it deserved it. It was a phenomenal movie. Any, well, is there any movie coming up that you're, you're looking forward to? I mean, it doesn't have to be anime or animated, just. Uh, I mean, or, of course, Avengers. Be. I mean. Okay. Of course. Um, and then all the Marvel movies coming out this year. I can't remember off the top of my head right now, but there was at least four or five. I think got Captain Marvel, yep, Captain Avengers Marvel. Four, or Avengers Endgame, as we know now. We now yeah. know um, Spider Man Far From Home. Yep. I don't think we they have anything announced after that. Oh, and then also that animated Spider Man movie, uh, cross universe one into the into the Spider Verse. That's it. Yeah, yeah. When this airs, we we have already we would have already watched it, but so future us. <laughs> Yeah. Is, pro- is probably happy. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that does look great, and it sounds from everything it sounds like uh, from people who have seen it, uh, Sony is really happy with it. So expect to see more of those. Oh yeah, I'm I'm excited for it. I think it's interesting. I'm kind of glad they're finally touching on the cross universe Spider Man stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, on a Sunday like this, when you're not working, what are you doing? Um, typically either out fighting, working around the house. Playing video games, watching TV, or drinking Jameson. So, w- did you have a, a practice today or a match today? Or uh, we didn't today. Okay. Uh, because you're doing this? Because yeah. I'm just that important? Exactly. All right. Anything you. for you, Mitch. <laughs> so, the other guys still might be practicing, but I myself am not. All right. Fair enough. All right. So, video games then. What, what, what video games are we talking about? What's in your What's in your console right now? Uh, or right, are actually, you a PC gamer? I'm Xbox and PC. Okay. Uh, PC pretty much is the Total War series and Dota 2, and that's pretty much all I play on my PC. Total War? Yes. Is that what you said? Okay. The whole series. I mean, right now, like, uh, the Throne of Britannia, that one's amazing. So what's that game? What, what's it about? I have no, no clue whatsoever. Uh, real-time military sim would be the really? best way to describe it. But it's based off of the end of the Viking Age and when the Normans are about to invade through England. Uh-huh. It's usually pretty, the series is pretty good at historical accuracy on certain stuff, but it's also a video game, so. <laughs> but I just really like it because I love, like, real-time strategy games. Yeah? I mean, that's what, 
uh, Warcraft was, right? Warcraft and Starfi- Starcraft? Those yeah. Are, those are real-time, real-time strategy games? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then in your Xbox? Uh, right now, actually, today I was playing Dragon Age Origins. <laughs> I, I'm sensing a theme yeah. in life here. <laughs> Dragon Age Origins has always been a great game. Yeah. Uh, I've just been doing some achievement hunting through that series. But other than that, it would probably be Call of Duty Black Ops. Uh, or Black Ops 4, the newest one. So, uh, I don't know. Dota, mm-hmm. I've never played that one either, but I always hear about it. So what is that game about? So it's a, it's a MOBA. It's a, essentially, you know, you have two teams of five, uh, three lanes with little like lanes and stuff between them. And your goal is to defeat the other team's ancient, essentially their base. Okay. And they have towers and, you know, you're, you're fighting and constantly fighting and there's 112, 113 characters now. So, I mean, it's, it's a different game every game, pretty much. Um, it's like the highest paid out video game right now. For wow. the World Series. They just had the World Series back in August. And uh, I I wouldn't necessarily say Europe one, but more of an international team one. Uh but primarily from Europe. Uh and I think that pot was sixteen million for the first place team. Is that something that interests you? Esports? Oh, do I it, love esports. Is it something that you, you would ever want to go do yourself? Do you do it? I wish I wish I was good enough. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to, but I mean I'm I'm honest, I'm not that good. So uh, would it would it be in, in, in Dota or would you do like I don't know. I think they do like they do like first person shooters too, don't they? Oh yeah, they do. Those yeah. are just as big. The the Dota one's just bigger because it's fully created and backed by Steam. So they got a much bigger wallet. I mean, they do have a big wallet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that's cool. So, um, esports wise, do you have a team that you follow? Is there you know is there a certain group that you 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 like to watch or? Uh. It'd probably have to be Team Liquid for Dota. They're they're a real international team. Uh-huh. I mean, you got a guy from Jordan, a guy from a couple of countries in Europe. They're just from all over the place. Uh, they won not this not this one, but the last international championship. And I just like to watch them play because they have great teamwork. Is it, is it a lot of calling out? I mean, did, oh, constantly just it's strategy wise, constant microing every little detail for the game. And then you know, it's kind of nice seeing like the Western Hemisphere playstyle versus the Eastern Hemisphere playstyle. Almost in every major tournament, it's usually an Eastern team versus a Western team. Really? What's the? I mean, what? What? what how does the styles different? Um, Eastern teams. It's kind of weird. It varies almost year to year because you know, like character updates and patches and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. It affects the game. Uh, it's really hard to say in person, but like reading them, you'll be able to, or like watching it, you'd be able to tell. It's a bit more of a, they, they try to like, Eastern style, at least in my opinion, is they try to like uh, buff up one person in particular to okay. you know their best player and let him kind of carry the team through. Or a Western, some team, of course, in every professional team has does their own thing their own way. So mm-hmm. like there's a couple of, usually uh, like this guy named Martizzi, he's playing on quite a few teams. He, that's kind of like whatever team he plays on. That's kind of what they do is try to get him to just as being as big and bad as he possibly can and let him carry the team. Hmm. Okay. That's it. That's, that's definitely interesting. So, uh, when you're, uh, playing the video games yourself, I mean, is there anything that you, you see, especially in your, your Viking real time strategy game? Like, does that ever try and, come into your mind strategy wise for when you're playing when you're doing Belagarth? oh without a doubt because Belagarth there's a lot of shield walls uh it's just the most effective fighting formation you really can because there's also no cavalry I and mean, we can't have you know people on horses trampling people in real life <laughs> right. um so it's essentially just shield wall tactics uh two lines charging into each other the bigger dudes win typically on that. <laughs> um but it's a little bit kind of like some formations but a lot of it's just like more barbaric fighting, or it's just all right, guys, go have fun. Right, go fight somebody. More hack and slash than exactly. Than a anything. lot of people don't really care too much about tactics; they just want to go fight somebody. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's probably a way to get out some aggression if you needed to, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is there a an ultimate goal with uh, the Belgarth that you that you want to hit? Is there a? Is it more just I'm doing this just to have fun? Uh, it's mainly having fun, but 
Of course, I would love to become a knight. Okay. The, the sport doesn't officially recognize knights, but at the same time, the players do. It's, it's kind of a weird limbo type thing. Okay. Being a knight doesn't get you anything special. Other you know? than the recognition, I assume. Exactly. And it's one of those things, like, uh, the one cool thing that Ampgard has over Belagarth is they have very clear routes on how to become a knight. And through Ampgard, it usually takes 10 to 12 years to become a knight. Wow. Um, and there's ones for crafting. There's one for just being a, an amazing fighter. There's one for leadership. There's one for uh, volunteering. And there's just a ton of different stuff. Or Belagarth is just, uh, go fight people. <laughs> so is it you get so many kills under your belt? Is it more uh, It's uh, how many matches you attend? Because there's no official recognition for it, there is no clear path on how to be a knight. I mean, I could just say, hey, I'm a knight of Belagarth. And people can be like, oh, no, you're not. I'd be like, well... Who says I'm not? Yeah, exactly. There's no official exactly. route. But it's also like, then you also have no respect behind it. Right. So, like, there's a there's a knight in L.A., I want to say. It might be, it's either L.A. or San Diego. Uh, Sir Kieran, he's an awesome. He's been playing, like, 17, 18 years. Been playing forever. Um, he's definitely a good knight to, like, idolize after. And it's, you know, it's pretty pretty common idea of being a knight, you know. Mm-hmm. Having honor, being a leader. Doesn't mean you have to be the best fighter on the field, but also don't be the worst. Right. Yeah, being being a good leader, knowing you know who to delegate to where and stuff like that. Knowing how to lead. Yeah. Um, okay, so is there? I mean, obviously that that would be the high status and stuff like that. But is there a? Is there? I guess I guess Battle for the Ring would probably be the the consider the World Series of it or uh, for the West Coast. Yes. For the West Coast. Okay. I mean, is is that like uh, is that is that is there many different matches going on there? Or is it just is it like a team mat, team death match where whoever is last standing is their their team wins? I don't exactly know what they'll be doing this year. They've kind of like read some stuff off, but they haven't you know said hey, it's gonna be this game then this game oh, okay. this game. Uh, but there's also hey, if you don't want to play in this game, we're also gonna have these other side events going on. Right. And this group over here is like hey, we're just gonna do duels for the next couple hours. Come <laughs> duel us if you want to have fun. You know, it's. It's never just one thing. Not just, okay. The only hey. time it is is typically when it's like the final battle of the event. Right. Because that's when they really try to pull everybody to the field. Like last year, uh, they had like five, 600 people on the field at once. And then is that one usually end up last man standing or is it more of a... Uh, typically. Yeah. And that one they'll do like, they call it unified. So it's like, oh, you're broken up in your units and all that kind of stuff. So it's, you know, it's 50, 60, 70 teams. So it's more than just fighting. It's right. when to engage, when to run away, right. when to hide, or just say skirt and charge in because you don't really care. <laughs> I mean, is that something you'd want to you'd want to be the last man standing in something like that? Would you? Oh, I would love it, but pretty much my goal for ever going to an event or any fight ever is how many headshots can I get? Oh, now is there someone other than yourself that's keeping track of all that, or is no, it? No, it's just myself. Okay, a lot of times, like. I'll lose track not because I get so many, but it's because, you know, after fighting for two or three, four hours straight, kind of just like, <laughs> I just want to go sit down and get water. I'm done. <laughs> is there, is there any way, is there, are you allowed to take a souvenir from a person you killed? No, no. no. Okay. It, you know, personal property. There are sometimes games where they'll have like a ribbon or something that okay. you are supposed to take, but uh, somebody's personal, like a gear, no. Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say like you're you're gonna steal their armor or anything <laughs> like that. But like, yeah, if they had a patch or something like with their clan, you could take that or something, like, or at least some a facsimile of it. Um, I don't want to say completely no. There might be some like units that kind of do that to each other. Right. Uh, like uh, there's also like campground shenanigans where they'll try to steal like the banner. Of oh, nice <laughs> stuff like that. But it's never like uh, it's never out of malice. It's more out of yeah, it's camaraderie. More, exactly. Yeah, it's just more of a hey, our two units are you know rivals or supposedly rivals. Let's just mess with each other. Right. <laughs> um, do you have you ever been the the event coordinator? No, I have not. The closest I'd be is I ran some games for a day event here in Yuma. Okay. Uh, I've never like ran a large event or anything like that. Would you want to? No. <laughs> not a headache you'd want? No, I do not have the capability to like try to keep a thousand people together. <laughs> like, on the battlefield, I could do it, but like, hey, stay in your campground. No, you go out there. No, you can't go out there. No, you can't. I, <laughs> I, would, I would lose my mind. <laughs> uh, if you were to come up with a new game, what, what kind of game would you envision? Uh, like a particular game or a whole new concept? No, like a particular game within 
Belagarth. Oh, within Belagarth, I usually I usually try to run like castle sieges. I like my games to have something a little bit more than kill that guy. Okay, but I mean, it, I mean, is there different versions of castle siege or? Oh yeah, like uh, some will have like destructible walls. Some won't. Some will have moats. Some will have a jawbridge. Some won't. Some will be. Um, you know this. You know you have to imagine this being a high wall, so only projectiles can cross through this area, or the walls are so high there are no projectiles through this area. So is that is it more of a theater of the mind where like the wall you have yes. a, a rope or something that says the wall ends here, or is it more someone actually constructs a wall or constructs a drawbridge and stuff like that and brings it out to the field? Here it is uh, more theater of the mind. On the east coast, uh, there's an event called Ragnarok, which is their premier event of the year. Uh-huh. Uh huh. They. They, that area where they do it is actually privately owned by a guy who plays the sport. <laughs> so when people come and construct stuff, he lets them leave it there. So they actually have like a huge wall hmm. that somebody came out and built. Fortunately, we don't have that here on the West Coast. Um, but that is something a lot of people have talked about doing. <laughs> but it's not easy buying like four or five acres of land. No. <laughs> so, so yeah, definitely here. It's, it's more theater of the mine. Um, but it's pretty, you know, a lot of people try to make it as easy as possible. Right. That makes sense. What's, uh, what, what, what's, what, what is it that you want to do with the, with the, the sport? Like, do you just want to just keep plugging away that you're doing? Or do you want to become recognized other than being a knight? Uh, definitely just being recognized as a field leader and as a top tier archer. Play, you want to keep playing when, when you're, you know, 20 years older from now? Without a doubt. Yeah. Uh, a lot, a lot, like there's a weird stigma with archery in the sport. Uh, they, a lot of people say it's uh, the old man and the woman's combat style. Oh, really? Because a lot of like the old retired retired guy, you know, they're like you know 60, 70 still fighting. They're just doing archery. Uh huh. And then uh, they try to say a lot of women do, which is weird because one of the best units is an all female unit called Valkyrie, and they are monsters on the field. Wow. They're all clo- most majority of them are close melee. I've been able to have fights with a few of them, and they are good. That's awesome. So, and they, they don't like that stigma either. I would imagine not. So when people try to say that, they just come and crush people on the field. It's hilarious. <laughs> uh, but They picked a great name too. Then. Oh, it's awesome. <laughs> they have so much respect out of the, from the sport itself. Um, and they, they deserved it. It was all them. Uh, but for me, I like kind of see that stigma go away. Because what I'll do is I'll also carry melee into combat with me. Mm-hmm. And it is kind of gives me an advantage. Because usually I'll drop my bow because uh, they hit my bow. It's considered broken. For the game, okay, essentially. really. So I'll kind of like drop it to the ground or toss off sides that, and so people aren't like tripping over it and yeah, not try to cr- try to not create a hazard, right? So I'll do that, and then I'll just pull my two swords. And usually, when I start charging somebody after that, they just stand there because they're not used to an archer doing that. And usually, I can just knock them to the ground real quick and kill them. Right. That's awesome. So uh, you mentioned earlier you're going to be you d- dual wielding uh, axes coming I have up here soon, hopefully. Uh, are you doing any research on how to do that, or are you do like is someone showing you how to practice that way? Is it, is it just a skill you already have? Uh, and this sport axes is like new tech because oh. it's pretty hard to keep them from breaking. Ooh! However, this guy I don't know if he patented it or not, but he made his own epoxy that it, like with two fiberglass cores at a T section, he can says he can hold his own body weight with that without it breaking or anything. Wow. So it's definitely new tech. You don't really, I mean, you might see like battle axes and stuff, but they're pretty much just one stick, a stick with a bunch of foam on one side. Right. So the axes I'm having this guy make for me is uh, going to actually be able to like grab shields and hook onto things. So we're, we're, I'm really excited for that. So once I get them in, we can start practicing with them and see how it does and try to work our own techniques in. So that's what you're going to do. You're going to, you're going to workshop workshop some Essentially, new yeah. techniques and new fighting styles how to how to use those type of ones that's pretty awesome and just like run drills over and over and over until like me and uh the other local fighters here that we're all in our, our uh, realm together did they also go in on some uh axes they they let me be the the guinea pig for it okay <laughs> <laughs> they let me get them first and then if they if they work the way we hope they're going to work then yeah they're probably all going to get at least one <laughs> So, I mean, are you pretty excited about that? Is the... Oh, I'm ecstatic. Yeah? <laughs> I cannot wait to get them. I, was, I probably won't have them in time for January, which makes me sad, but... Is he just back-ordered? Or... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, really bad. He's, he's a really high-demand custom... Uh, they, call, they call themselves Foamsmiths, but they just make stuff look amazing. That's pretty awesome. That, do, you, do, you have a, do you have a color that you tend to use? Uh, my or? color is purple and black. 
Okay. So are your axes going to reflect that? Do you? Yes. Uh, well, no. They're they're going to be just look like normal axes. So brown and silver. Essentially, yeah. Um, I might eventually paint or paint them later on. Not hundred percent sure exactly yet. But like my bow, my bow is black and all my arrow tips are purple. Oh wow. Um, a lot of, like my armor right now it just looks like leather. I still have to paint that as well. Just been too lazy to actually paint it. But I'm gonna eventually paint all my armor, uh, possibly gold, to go with all my black undergarb. That'd be pretty awesome. So it all pops a little bit better. Right. Are you, I assume you're probably not, are you allowed to like uh, tip your arrows or weapons with paint? Uh, d- yes. Like, oh. I mean, wet paint so that like if you, when you strike someone else, you can see it on their oh, armor. No, no, okay. No, nobody does that. A lot of people would really get mad at that. I would assume they would. Yeah. But, but it'd it look cool. It, it would be awesome. <laughs> I would be, uh, that would make me really happy. I mean, if it was like the washable paint that, you know, yeah. kids use and stuff like that, I would see why not. Yeah, people get upset about stuff really easily, though. <laughs> well, when you put a lot of time into making something, exactly. I understand. I understand. That or you spend a bunch of money on a new shield and all of a sudden you got like all these paint marks all over you. Like, oh, crap. <laughs> just shows that you were in a lot of battles. Exactly. <laughs> I would just love it because would be like, ha I did hit you in the face. <laughs> You're dead. I mean, like you said, it's all honor based, but I mean, every once in a while, you probably like, ah, I know I got that guy. Oh, uh, there's a few. They're uh, they're called sluffers. Yeah, it just doesn't quite take. Because in the in the Bellegarde, there is a rule. It's kind of hard to apply. It's a uh, pretty much did you hit me hard enough rule. Oh, and it's really up to the person who got hit. It does have pretty clear rule for what a good hit is. However, if somebody calls it light, it's on them. So then you have to just like when I tell new fighters. Is if somebody calls light, that just means hit them harder. No, no, there you go. That's true. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's it's you're the one saying I'm doing it too light. Then I guess I have to hit harder. Exactly. And a lot of people don't like it when you call light on their shots. You know, respectfully, because it's like you think you got me, uh-huh. but you didn't. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't mean to be like a jerk, but it was a left tap. <laughs> as a as an archer is, or I guess more as a person going up against an archer, if someone shoots. An arrow at me, am I allowed to, like, use my sword to try and knock it out of the air? You cannot use a weapon. You can, of course, block it with, like, a shield. Okay. Uh, but you cannot use your weapon. If you use your weapon to intentionally, essentially, you know, smack at it, you're dead. Really? Because arrows are actually some of the more expensive equipment. That makes sense. Uh, but mainly is because for kind of, like, historical aspect to it, they're a little bit more of a, you know, in real life, you wouldn't really be able to swat away an arrow. Yeah, but what if you're just really cool? <laughs> I mean, that actually means means some of the guys locally. We were joking, you know, if somebody lets me shoot a real arrow at them and if they can hit it out of the air with a weapon, uh-huh. then you know what? They can do it to my my LARP arrows any day of the week, <laughs> and they'll get a special little stamp and everything that says they can do it. What about grabbing? Grabbing, no. You can't can't do that either. No, because like if uh if the arrowhead like hits you anyway, you're still dead. Or okay. that, you know, if it hits your arm, you still lose that limb. Or if it hits your palm, you lose that limb. Uh, but what about uh, a person that's using a sword? Can you? Are you allowed to grab their blade? Uh, not the so not the blade itself, but okay. like uh, the hilt? their their hilt. Yes, the handle part. Yes. So that's a big thing with like spears, is grabbing the non striking surface area mm-hmm. and ripping it out of their hands. Oh, okay. And so that's sort of, so like a shield wall. You know, you have everybody imagines shield wall. The best way to describe it is the Romans. You know, right. Big big tower shields, dudes. Spear sticking the side. So what a lot of people do is when they stab, the people behind the, sh- the shoulders will like try to grab the spear out of that person's hand. Hmm. Same with like you know great swords, great axes, those big weapons that aren't completely bladed, kind of like a sword would be. Right, right. So because as soon as you grab the blade of a sword, that means your hand's done. Correct. All right. Is it now? Is it do you do you do just hand or is it can it does, if it strikes your hand? Is it your whole arm gone? Pretty much your whole arm because if you lose your hand, if you lose like wrist down, <laughs> your arm's worthless. Essentially, I mean, I mean, if somebody killed me with like holding a weapon in their in their like in their uh, armpit in their armpit, I I would I would take it. I wouldn't fight it. I don't want to care how hard they hit me or not. I'd be like, yeah, dude, you got me. I'm dead. <laughs> I shouldn't have allowed you to get get me with that <laughs> armpit weapon, but yeah, at you that got point, me, it's so. on me, not you. So props to you. Now, if people were able to come up with a concept for. Non-traditional weapons, are they allowed to use them? As so, long as they follow the safety guidelines, yes. So if someone were to come in with Wolverine blades on their on their gauntlet or something like that, as long as it 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 went against or went with the safety precautions, it'd be okay. Yes. 
Have you seen anything like that? Not, Not particularly yeah. Wolverine blades, but um, a lot of people will make like Eastern style weapons. Oh, okay. And those those come out really cool. Like uh, um, I wouldn't say like kunai throwing knives because only like the only projectiles in the sport are javelins, which have really strict building requirements because you can throw it, throw them to people's faces. Oh wow. Uh, rocks. They're pretty much just like think of the old middle school dodgeball. Those oh. big rubber balls. Okay, that's wow. pretty much what it is, but a little bit lighter. I was thinking it was gonna, you were gonna say like bean bags or something, but no, you got dodgeballs coming at people's pretty faces. Pretty much, but it has to be like cloth on the outside, so you're oh. not gonna get that nice like crossover <laughs> and din on your face or anything like that. <laughs> and like those, you can only hit somebody in the head with. Now is that else. is that straight up to pick up and throw at people, or are you putting it in a catapult or oh, a you're just or something? chucking at people in their face? Oh, okay. Same with javelins, and then uh, of course arrows as well. So, like, kunai knives and throwing knives and stuff like that, you know, they're not going to really fly, but... Crossbows? Uh, crossbow, you can use crossbows. Really? They have, I can't remember the top of my head, their uh, feet per second or whatever uh, requirement, but yeah, there's requirements on those as well. Pretty much any weapon, unless you really come up with your own concept and design, somebody has either made or tried to make. So, there's a lot of good forums, even on Facebook, that you can ask questions like... Hey, I want to make a scimitar. How can I do that? And somebody's like, "Oh, here's the you know simple step by step. Here you go." <laughs> oh, so if so if a javelin and the cro- or uh, arrows and rocks are the only projectiles, you don't got nobody Captain America in it out there throwing throwing a buckler trying to. No, you can't throw shields. <laughs> I mean, you can you can shield bash people and right. shield check. I mean, you can essentially punch them in the gut with a shield. But, but you can't throw the shield. <laughs> yeah. I didn't make the rules, but it's like. I, I mean, you just got to wonder if there was the one person that saw. Oh, I'm sure somebody tried. Try. I'm absolutely <laughs> sure somebody tried. And they were just like, no, that's way too dangerous. <laughs> uh, I mean, come on. If you, if you, could, if you could make a, a javelin in the same way or, uh, you know, to, to throw it, you should be able to make a foam uh, shield that you can throw. No, you, know, you could probably honestly make a rock. It would be really hard to hit anybody with because they have like certain dimensions, uh-huh. like a certain width. Uh, you could probably make just a really big rock that kind of looks like a frisbee. A really like oddly shaped, chunky frisbee, but <laughs> hey. I mean, it's just, I'm just saying it's a new a new thing that you could someone could implement. Oh, it'd, be it'd, be, cool. it'd be interesting to see. It probably wouldn't be a great weapon, no. but it would look cool. As it'd it be cool if you actually killed somebody with it. <laughs> ah, ah, all right. I'm dead again. I'm dead. <laughs> but get this to work one of these days. <laughs> one of these days. Now, are there any catapults or trebuchets? No, not really. And no. There's not really rules for them. Um, I don't think East Coast they have them, but they're more for like show. Okay. Because uh, they're mainly just their their fear of safety. Mm-hmm. I think I think I'm pretty sure on the East Coast they have like a battery you ramp to break down the or quote unquote break right, down the, right. the, the the gate. Not any of them aware of here on the West Coast. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, all right, man. It's been a it's been an hour. Is there any other other particular thing about the sport you'd like to talk about? Nothing that comes to mind at the moment. I, w- I really want to thank you for uh, coming here and informing me, teaching me, educating me about uh, all of this. It's pretty interesting. Oh, of course, no problem. Yeah. So oh, there's one thing on our uh, local page, Westwatch here in Yuma. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do have pictures I took at a different event, and more will be coming when our we go to BFTR up in LA coming january and i'm hoping if i can figure out my gopro well enough i'm gonna bring that as well oh that'd be pretty awesome so later on if they check out the facebook page which is just simple Westwatch, uh they'll probably be able to see video hopefully some video footage but mainly pictures so they can get a better idea of what the fighting and stuff is like there's also videos on youtube uh you can just google like dagger here or uh bella garth on youtube and you'll be able to see somebody recording somebody fighting and where would you put your gopro probably you- on my forehead Oh, straight up, yeah. Right, yeah, right where the helmet is. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I look forward to seeing that that uh, footage if you get it to work and uh, whatever photos you take. So that's pretty awesome. Is there any other than the Yuma Westwatch uh, Facebook page? Is there uh, any social media for yourself that you like to give out? Uh, for myself, not at this time. No, you don't. You don't have a, a particular Instagram for this no, yet. Not you should. Yet. It's one thing. Uh, I mean, some of the other guys have been talking about. Yeah. Uh, but if they check out the West Watch, they'll be able to see some of the pictures that I've taken of. Uh, it was a simple one-day fight in Phoenix, so it mm-hmm. wasn't anything crazy huge. But it'll give them a much better uh, visualization of an actual what the fighting is like. Very cool. 
Uh, all right. So if uh, you'd like to get a hold of me, I'm on Twitter as at Mitchipedia, G-E-R. Uh, the rest of Geek Elite Radio is at Geek Elite Radio on Twitter, at Geek Elite Radio on Instagram. Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Radio is our Facebook page. And GeekEliteRadio.com is our website. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geek Elite Radio Network. But until next time, this is Hey Mitch on the Geek Elite Radio Network saying, always remember to geek out. <laughs> we now return you to your regularly scheduled program. This podcast has been brought to you by Cuts by Candice. Candice Kiss is a hairstylist that listens to your needs and will work with you to get the right look for you. With 18 years of experience, Candice is the premier stylist that I trust with my look. And right now, if you mention this ad when you make an appointment from now until the end of February 2019 and give our promo code GEEKOUT, you will get 10% off your hair services. Follow Cuts by Candice on Facebook and Cuts underscore Candice on Instagram and start looking the best you you can. (laughs) 